And welcome back to the Knox Check-In. I'm Jonah Rubin. I'm Mia Dudgeon. And I'm Frenchie Espinosa. And today we'll be hearing an interview we conducted with Jackie Jennings, who is the program director at the Golden Barrett Senior Center of KCCDD. Senior centers have really been at the forefront of the pandemic. This is a virus that affects people of all ages in terms of morbidity but whose mortality effects are really distributed quite significantly by age. People like Jackie Jennings are at the forefront of dealing with this pandemic, both in uh, Knox County, as well as the world over. Some of the things we talked about were how Jackie got into her line of work, how she maintains a work-life balance, and how KCCDD is dealing with the pandemic. Well, I'm excited. Frenchie, Mia, take us away. So I'm Mia and I'm a biochem major here at Knox College. Um, and my name's Francelia. I go by Frenchie. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet nice you. So I'm going to start by asking about your background. How did you get into this career? Well, um, I've been a nurse for 27 years, 25 of those as a registered nurse. I spent most of my career working in ambulatory surgery centers in Texas and Arizona, and I worked in pre-op and GI in the operating room. But often um, during my career, I would spend weekends, I would have a second job weekends working with uh, home health and hospice. And so I, I just have a real passion for working with the elderly, I guess. And I couldn't really do that full time uh, because you have to be really good at time management to to work in a in a field where you're self-regulating and going to someone's house and spending time with them and you're supposed to go in and do your job and then leave and I found myself spending way too much time sitting and visiting with them and just enjoying uh, spending time so that wasn't going to be a good career choice for, for me uh, but in 2017 I came back to Galesburg to help my mom and I feel like I was truly blessed when this position opened at Gordon Barrett Senior Center uh, it gave me an opportunity to do something I enjoy, as well as stick around to continue to help my family. What would you say your major responsibilities are now? Well, um, it, it's kind of changed. When I came on to this position, um, it was July of 2019. So I had been here about nine months when COVID hit. <laughs> so, But as the director, um, I'm responsible for the administrative aspects of the program. I have to work with agencies that provide funding for our participants, as well as families that opt to pay privately for their loved one to attend. Um, I'm responsible for making sure that we follow all the regulatory guidelines of the federal, state, and local funding sources, and that we operate, uh, or we also operate, <clears throat> excuse me, our own food service program and are reimbursed through an organization called CACFP, which is the um, Child and Adult Care Food Program. So it's just like the schools and daycare agencies. Um, we get reimbursed based on our participants and their income level based as like whether they're free, reduced or paid. And so we get the same kind of reimbursement for our meals. Uh, but our participants don't pay anything for the lunches that we serve. It's all included in the price. I was just wondering mainly like how did you decide on your career? Um, and if there have been any like major changes in your career, like in specialties, maybe. Originally, I wanted to be a teacher. Um, 
And when I went and I took all the tests and the class or whatever, they put me through some aptitude tests and things like that. And everything came up nursing, everything came up medical, which was not even on my radar at the time. I just wanted to help people. And, and I thought it'd be cool to teach kids and, um, wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but everything pointed to nursing. So I just followed that path and was happy to do it. I mean, when I got into it, I really loved it. So it was great. I've been a nurse for 27 years and I started as a LPN and I was in a, a position at a nursing home and I realized that uh, I needed to go back to school again. And um, it that was pretty much the only thing I could get at that time in that career um, as an LPN was the nursing home. And so I wanted to, to work in the hospital. So I went back to school again and I got my RN license. Um, I, I was a single mom at the time. So I was just trying to get through the RN and Carl Sandburg College offered that. And, um, and that's where I went. And so then I planned to go back and get my BSN later. And um, as a single mom, uh, once I got out there and started working, uh, that just never happened. I, I ended up working as an uh, associate's degree RN um, my whole career and was able to do well enough that I, I wasn't um, in a position where I felt like I could stop doing what I was doing and go back to school. Um, but my career did make many changes. I started out at the Galesburg Clinic uh, working with a surgeon there. Well, first as a float nurse, and I worked um, in all the different areas. So I got a little bit of experience in all different kinds of nursing, which was wonderful for starting my career at that point. Um, but if I were to go back and do this again, if I were giving advice to a nurse, I would say to go to the hospital and and go to the hardest part first, like go to the ICU or um, wherever you can get your the most experience and the best experience. Um, because if I had to do this career over, I would go I would probably go into the ICU um, or the emergency room, either one and and get the best experience I could get for at least a year. And then I would do travel nursing. If that's if I had my career to do over, that's probably the way I would go, because then you can see the country, the world even and um, and get so many different kinds of experiences. If I were young like you girls, that's what I would do. <laughs> do you have any advice for anyone wanting to go into the healthcare field or going into nursing? Um, yeah. OK, so. I've been a nurse, like I said, for 27 years, and um, I do. I guess, I guess I would say be really sure that this is what you want. Um, healthcare, it's something where people think, it, think of it isn't in a glamorous way. I think, I mean, maybe I just did. I don't know. I thought it was so cool. You know, nurses were so cool, and, um, and I thought that was a great thing. I, I never really thought I could be a nurse or wanted to be a nurse. Uh, the test that I took. When I went to Sandberg, I guess all pointed to that. I went in for teaching, actually, um, but I, I ended up going through the nursing program and, and absolutely loved it. I mean, my thing was about doing things to help other people. So um, nursing, teaching, they're, they're all kind of related in that way. But 
one thing that I know for nursing is that, oh, I learned early on in my career is that your time is not your own. It's many healthcare positions are on call. Um, healthcare doesn't take a holiday. Uh, people get sick on your birthday and on Christmas and hospitals are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So it may be years before you get weekends off. Um, it may be years before you work the schedule that you want. And your family may get home at 4 p.m., but you work a 12 hour shift, you know, so it's just got to, it's not all about the money. And it's um, it's only it's only something that I would choose. I would I would really think serious about it. Uh, if you want to be someone who is helping other people, then this is a great field. It's a great field. But you just want to take those things into consideration. At the time when I went into nursing, I really didn't consider any of that. I, I didn't think about that. And it was it was difficult to have to work the holidays when, you know, my family was gathering for Christmas and I had to be at work or um, my son had a special birthday party and, and I had to be at work. You know, I, we had to plan around those things. It's like, well, we may not celebrate your birthday on your birthday. We'll celebrate it another day. <laughs> uh, and, and I had the the added uh, issue that I. I liked what I was doing, but then I thought, oh, but I might like this one more and I might like this one more. So I changed jobs frequently in my early career. And um, and that was not probably the best idea, because when you do that, then you become low man on the totem pole again. And you're the one working on call and you're the one working the weekends and you're the one that that gets the all the holidays, you know. So if you stay with a place for a while or um, as a travel nurse, you could probably make your own schedule. But um, if you're if you're in one particular place and you stay there, then you gain some seniority and you get to choose better what your schedule will be and, and how you do that. So um, a lot of times it's just a rotation in the hospital too. everybody mm -hmm. rotates through the weekends, you know, like you don't everybody has to or end the holidays you know you're on a rotation and that doesn't really have a lot to do with seniority either so but um but if you feel like you're called to help people and your mind is set on being a doctor or a nurse or a physical therapist or a dentist or whatever healthcare profession uh flavor of your choosing i would just say be the best one that you can be learn what you can and learn what it is um that that sets you apart and that makes you really take pride in what you're doing and, and the career path that you've chosen. And, and remember that it's called a practice and, and that's because you'll never know it all. So um, don't be afraid to say that you don't know, but just remind them that, you know, you can look it up and get back to them. And I, I find that to be one of the best things one of my instructors told me. And the other thing was to, own up to your mistakes. If you make a mistake, you know, own up to it and, and you'll, you'll not make it again. I'll bet you anything. <laughs> you won't do it again. So it's, it's something that, um, that probably works in any field in your career, but, um, especially in healthcare, because sometimes people think, well, you're a nurse. You just know everything about nursing and everything about everything medical. And that's not true. It's not. You get specialized and and you know some things and you don't know others and you remember things from class and forget other things. So thank goodness that we do have the Internet now. and We can look things up quickly and easily and and uh, 
not everything that people look up on the internet <laughs> is right, but actually as a nurse, we, we can, we can find the things that we need to find and the correct information. <laughs> so traveling is where it's at. <laughs> if you're young and you're able to, absolutely. I would say traveling is where it's at. Do you have any stories about internet mishaps? <laughs> like, Hmm. Well, probably not off the top of my head, but I do know, like, I, I remember a story where I was working in a doctor's office and, um, and a lot of times you'll get people that will come in and they'll say, uh, well, I looked this up on, on the internet and this is what's going on and this is what I'm doing. And, and, uh, and you're thinking, oh no, oh no, that's, <laughs> that was not the right information. But then you can also guide them to the correct websites to go to, like WebMD is a good one or, you know, different things that, that can show them, um, good information. Mayo Clinic, you know, some of the, the bigger hospitals and things like that will have the information that, that is reliable. Um, but a lot of times people will just come in with very mistaken information. But uh, one one thing that I remember from the doctor's office is a little old gentleman, he came in to me and he said that, um, well, I, I think I'm okay now. I said, well, that's great. What, you know, how's it been going? And oh, I'm good. You know, blood pressure's been good. Blood, everything's going good. I think I can stop my blood pressure medicine now. I said, well, is that right? Why, why is that? He's like, well, because it's been, I've been checking it every day and it's been good. I said, have you been taking your pills? Well, yeah, I've been taking them every day, but now it's good. I can stop. I said, well, actually, no, <laughs> your blood pressure is doing really well because you're on the right dose of medication. And I think we probably better keep it that way. So it's just funny. People, people, um, they're just interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. How do you how do you go about addressing misinformation? Um, well, you know, anytime we have misinformation, I guess that the thing I don't know everything. So I don't even know if if what I'm hearing is the wrong information. It may sound wrong to me, but a lot of times if I don't know for sure, then then the best way I find to to go about that is to look into it myself and then maybe go back, circle back and have that conversation again. Um, if it's something that I know straight out that is absolutely misinformation, then I will, you know, try to help them see where where they were mistaken. But um, it just depends on what the situation is, I guess. There's a lot of misinformation out there now. <laughs> um. So where would you like to see your career progressing in the next five to 10 years? Well, you know, I, I've, I've thought about that and it, it sure would be nice to retire <laughs> in 10 years. <laughs> but, but aside from that, I would really like to remain in this position for as long as I can and to see this grow and, and to serve more seniors in our community. Um, I have some ideas for growth, but until COVID restrictions are lifted, I just don't see a lot of that happening right now. So we're we're going to continue to do what we can the way we have been um, until that changes. But um, as far as as growth, I think that that Gelsberg and Knox County uh, really needs Gordon Barrett Senior Center here. And that as things start to open up again, I believe that more seniors will want to get out and be a part of a group like what we have here. We really do have, it's like a family. It's, it's amazing.
Yeah, what you're doing sounds wonderful. Um, I really love that you are trying to prevent seniors from having to go through the isolation that is so common. Yeah. What do you, where are you, like, where are you right now in your life? And what, what, um, I, I guess this is a question that I learned from one of the podcasts that I hear, but it was, they were asking like, what chapter, what would this chapter of your life be called? <laughs> if you have to give it a name. Um, hmm. If I had to give it a name, it would be uh, settling in, I guess settling in um i'm settling into to what's important in life to what means more to me now um i'm not chasing a paycheck anymore um i'm i'm here in galesburg because i came back to help my family and i wanted to be here for the important things um i feel like uh the lord really led me to this place and into this job and um this is something that I, I feel like I can end my career here at Gordon Barron's, um, helping the seniors and and just I don't know. It's kind of like a, a deep breath, you know, like I've had my my exciting and fast paced and trying to do all the things career. And I loved working in the operating room. It was so much fun. It was um, exciting all the time, like something different all the time. And, and I truly enjoyed that but I wouldn't want to do it today. <laughs> I'm ready to settle down and um, I can have just as much fun sitting and talking to one of these elderly folks out here uh, over a cup of coffee and hearing their stories um, and just, just being there for them. So that that's kind of more important to me now than any of the other stuff, but I'm also 55 years old. So <laughs> it's time for me oh, to settle down. <laughs> That's great. That's great, Jackie. I'm glad that you are, you know, finally finding that. Like, it sounds like you're, like, it's having, it's turning out for the better. You know? and oh, absolutely. It's helpful to see that because then you think you're stuck in these, like, bad situations. But, you know. Well, and let me go back and say, too, I, I don't want to give you the mm -hmm. wrong Im impression. Um, I would not change anything that I did as far as going to Texas, I, I believe that that was the right move to make. Um, and when I was down there, I, I said, you know, I, I didn't get to work with that doctor and I didn't get to do that career path, which was supposed to be a um, first assistant in surgery. So I didn't get to finish that career path. But the, the things that it led to were also wonderful. So um, I got to experience a lot of different things. And because of my I, I guess my pursuit of learning more and doing more and um, and I don't know, maybe it has to do with work ethic, too, but everything so that I could be the most helpful in that position. And it always gave me another step up to the next position that I took. So it, there's there's something to be said for learning everything you can in the position that you're in and and being the best that you can be at it. So it it really does pay off to. um to keep pursuing something more. But what were some of the like crazy, like hard things from rotating from job to job that you said that you might say like you were overcoming each time, but it was still kind of hard to do. 
Yeah. Um, well, I just, I don't know, you know, they say that the grass isn't always greener on the other side, but um, there were, there were opportunities that came up in my career where uh, I, I was actually, I loved what I was doing and I wanted to continue in that um, field. I guess it was in the operating room. Um, ambulatory surgery centers was my main uh, area of work where it was in Texas and Arizona mostly that I worked. And so, well, the main section of my career was in Texas when my son was growing up and I worked in ambulatory surgery centers and um, as new centers would open and new opportunities came up for me to, to do new things, I would take those new positions and, and try to get more experience. And so, um, there's always ups and downs when you do that because the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And, uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes it does more good to stay put where you are and to gain more experience in the one area that you're in or, um, working with, uh, certain doctor or a group of people that you're, that you're familiar with. Um, because, you know, when we work with people, uh, people have personalities and they don't always match, right? So if you're in a good group and you've got a good uh, mesh with the people that you're working with, uh, sometimes it's better to to stay where you're at. So in that respect, travel nursing can be kind of a challenge too, because you're always going to different places. Um, but I would still say as a young person, if I wasn't, hadn't been a single mom and just a young person starting a new career, absolutely travel is the way I would go. Did you or are you like satisfied with the time that you were giving to your job and to your to your son maybe or to your personal life? Um, well, that's always a challenge. And that's always a, a something that you have to really find balance in. And no, I, I don't think I did. I think I put way too much emphasis on my job. And I missed a lot of what happened in my son's life. Um, I'm, I'm actually very sad about that. So, um, there are, uh, a lot of regrets in terms of trying to get that higher paycheck and chase the money and, and do the thing. I moved to Texas in order to, uh, earn a better living. I had just bought a house here in Galesburg and, um, it was many years ago, <laughs> but I had just bought my first house and, uh, actually loved my job and loved what I was doing. Um, but I was working with a surgeon and that surgeon left and he, he went to Texas, him and his family. <clears throat> and I, um, I chose to leave and go to Texas trying to stay working, uh, in surgery with him and it just didn't work out. Um, uh, the idea when, when I went there was, was more to be his assistant and, um, got along so great with his wife and his kids and, you know, my, our kids played together and, uh, and it would just seem like it would be great to, to pick up everything from Galesburg and move to Texas and start a new career and be able to do that. And unfortunately that just didn't pan out the way I thought it would. And, um, and so we were down in Texas away from all of our family here in Galesburg. Um, my son was only 10 years old and, um, and I ended up being, I, I don't know, just working crazy hours and mm -hmm. trying to um, build my career 
and I missed out on a lot of things. So, but that's yeah. very. I mean, there's some things that you know we do for the better for them, you know, and then it ends up not even working out. But yeah, are we supposed to know? So, how has COVID impacted your castings? Well, <laughs> well, COVID has been a major challenge to how we do what we do. You see, at Gordon Barron Senior Center, our main objective has always been about preventing social isolation to our senior community. Um, it's really what we're all about. We exist to help our seniors remain as independent as possible for as long as possible by providing a safe place where they can meet with their peers and socially engage in activities that promote wellness, physical activity, and stimulate cognitive thinking and brain function. So COVID has made that next to impossible. Um, we began 2020 with a goal and a vision to increase our numbers uh, to serving 20 to 24 participants daily. That was my goal. Um, and then we had to close our doors on March 17th and uh, weren't able to really do that and still haven't been able to. We are still on a 50% capacity level. So the most the most people I can serve right now would be 15, including my staff being in the building. So it's really kind of put a strain on that. But but because we are who we are and we do what we do, we have found many new ways to engage our seniors and um, continue to help them through this time. We actually um, were able to provide 2,000 meals during the, let's see, from March 17th or 20th, somewhere in there, through September 21st when we first reopened. Uh, over 2,000 meals were served to our seniors. And so we're very proud of that. Um, the fact that we we didn't look at whether or not they were here one day a week or five days a week. We just wanted to make sure that these seniors were being served and fed and the people that needed food could get it. So we were serving daily lunches to anywhere from 13 to, I think the, we had 18 people some days. So what protocols have you had to put in place to protect everyone involved in your program? Well, you know, GBSC, um, Gordon Barron Senior Center is an extension of KCCDD, and we follow all the protocols that um, the Illinois Department of Health and Illinois Department on Aging, um, our Knox County Health Department, uh, wherever wherever those people are that are making the, the protocols for everyone to follow is what we're following. So we've done um, all the same things you're probably doing in your classes or wherever you go. Uh, we take temperatures twice a day. We wear masks. Um, I'm alone in my office right now, but I have my mask with me to put on when I go out. Uh, we socially distance um, here in the center. And, and it's really... Um, that has been a strain on folks too, but but we're following those things and trying to make sure that that everyone that does participate in the program is able to do what needs to be done so that we can keep people as safe as possible. That's wonderful. Thank you for doing everything you do again. Have you had any like crazy stories you want to tell me about or any <laughs> moments that have impacted you? Well, yeah, actually, um, there are a couple of well, one is a is just kind of a I don't know, I guess maybe I would say a heartwarming story. I don't know. It's uh, there was a lady that uh, when COVID first hit um, a few months prior to COVID, she had lost her husband. And so she was going through some emotional things anyway. But uh, because we were delivering lunch to her every day, um, we were able to pick up and recognize uh, some changes in her demeanor, I guess, her her. Uh, 
well, basically everything, she was having a real decline in how she was dealing with things. And, and the social isolation had really had an impact on her very early on in this. She had just started coming back to Gordon Barron's um, when her husband passed. And so this was a time when she really needed people to be around her and she had no family here. So I'm very grateful that we were able to recognize this uh, change in her and we were able to help her get to a hospital and um, receive the care she needed and then see it through to helping her get um, placement in, in a, an assisted living. And she is so much happier now. She, she is so grateful for what happened. I think it was the best thing that, that ever could have happened for her um, because she really needed that that ex extra interaction of people being around her in that time of, of sadness. Um, and then the other thing I guess would be uh, uh, just a fun story um, because of COVID and not being able to do the things that we usually do at Christmas time, we were able to take some time and we all got into one of our big lift vans and um, had big poster signs that the folks down at the hub made for us. Um, and we took some, Christmas gifts and we went caroling to all of the homes. So we, we visited over 20 seniors homes that day. It was a very long day and we were super tired, but um, it was the best experience. My staff and I, we, we just loved it. And everybody's house that we went to, it, you could just see the joy on their face from um, getting a visit from us just coming and and pulling the van up there and and standing out in their yard and singing to them it was absolutely fun that's really wonderful i'm so glad you got to experience that so what protocols have you had to put in place to protect everyone involved in your program well you know gbsc um gordon barrett senior center is an extension of KCCDD, and we follow all the protocols that um, the Illinois Department of Health and Illinois Department on Aging, um, our Knox County Health Department, uh, wherever wherever those people are that are making the, the protocols for everyone to follow is what we're following. So we've done um, all the same things you're probably doing in your classes or wherever you go. Uh, we take temperatures twice a day. We wear masks. Um, I'm alone in my office right now, but I have my mask with me to put on when I go out. Uh, we socially distance um, here in the center. And, and it's really... Um, that has been a strain on folks too, but but we're following those things and trying to make sure that that everyone that does participate in the program is able to do what needs to be done so that we can keep people as safe as possible. That's wonderful. Thank you for doing everything you do again. Yeah, that's what's so hard with COVID. It's like it's changed so many aspects of things that you just don't even realize what you're missing until you start mm -hmm. thinking about it. It's like, oh, oh yeah, I could have, yeah. yeah. Yeah, one of my friends said, oh, after this pandemic is over, like, I don't want no excuses and nothing can be done over the phone or online because <laughs> apparently it can be. Apparently like, it can. I kind of like the human interaction, too. So. Yeah, for sure. That's I think that's something that um, we're going to see the repercussions of that for many years of like think of small children today the little ones that, that don't know any different, you know, that are growing up now. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't remember when I was two, you know, so, I, but so somebody two, three, four, five, you know, you really don't start remembering a lot of things until you were in kindergarten or maybe the year before. Um, 
when you think back of your memories, you know, there might be bits and pieces, but uh, our memories really start developing or whatever after we start engaging in other activities and, and as you grow. But so if you think about the kids today, like they're seeing everybody in a mask all the time, everywhere they go, you know, and mm-hmm. everybody um, staying away, nobody touching anybody. Where it used to be, you'd see your friend and they had their new baby, whatever you go, oh, I want to hold your baby. And everybody's mm-hmm. touching the baby and holding the baby. And, you know, and, and I don't know, I mean, just the, the interaction that we have with people has changed so much. You know, now you're, you walk down the street or in a, in a store or whatever, and you hear someone sneeze and everybody's looking like, Oh my gosh, what's going on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, I recently, I recently read a study that um, was showing that I can't remember the population, but they were kids, they were in, uh, studying kids and they were like showing that they were more depressed now because they're they not are. able to see facial um, expressions. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's really hard to, to imagine, but to, if you think about it, um, just the, that kind of interaction, that kind of um, suppression, I guess they, they don't see anybody's face, you know, they see your mm-hmm. eyes and, and mm-hmm. I mean, except for when they're at home with the people that they live with or whatever, but it just has to be so odd. Um, mm-hmm. I know my niece and nephews came to, to visit just a while back. Um, we have all actually had COVID. So everybody has, you know, they live in Arizona, but they came to visit and, um, and it was good to see them again and, and, and hear, you know, be able to hug them and talk to them or whatever, but, uh, hearing them talk about how at, at home, even for the longest time, you know, they weren't around anybody. There weren't, there wasn't, they weren't leaving the house. So they were being homeschooled and they weren't going out. And, and I mean, that's happening all over our country where kids just, there's no interaction except for your immediate family, which sometimes that's good too. Sometimes you need to have, you know, I guess there's a lot of families that uh, probably needed to slow down and and spend more time together Mm -hmm. and be with their kids. But there's also a lot of kids that are probably not in the healthiest environment. And so they were forced to be in an unsafe environment, Mm -hmm. lots of things. And I'm grateful for, for you young girls or ladies who are still interested in, in, uh, learning and doing a type of healthcare, whatever type you Mm -hmm. choose, um, to go out there and to, to help people and to be willing to do those kind of hard things, you know, like the Mm -hmm. healthcare, the healthcare business didn't slow down because of COVID. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, we, we didn't take a break. We were considered the essential workers, right? So mm-hmm. um, just knowing that there are still people willing to go into a career like that is mm-hmm. is hopeful to me to say, okay, well, good. At least we have people that are still willing to yeah. to say, I, I would do that. It's, um, and it's also interesting that you mentioned that just because we recently had an article that we read on um, a doctor just writing about COVID and how people are starting to find the silver linings in COVID and starting to just forget about it for the most part and just move on. Um, but how, I'm wondering, like, how, how does that affect, like, your mental health, you know, like, as a professional, like, how do you deal with the fact that, like, things are changing so fast and, and you're a, you're an essential worker and, 
are and like your family is in danger or maybe even you Jackie how you like you got the virus like how was that for you well um it it was difficult in that respect because uh, I was actually the first one here at Gordon Barrett's to get the virus. And uh, because I had it, uh, we were doing all the things that we were supposed to do. We were wearing our masks and we were um, socially distancing and all of those things. But uh, the health department still said that we should close um, because I, I couldn't, well, how did she put it? We were, um, because we provide the care that we provide, right, where sometimes we have to have, we're, we're giving personal care, helping people in the bathroom and helping people with other things. And, you know, you got to help them put their coat on and off and have, have to help them put their mask on because a lot of them weren't able to do that. And so the amount of time that we spend close to people, even though, you know, we're trying to keep them socially distanced, but we're close to them. Um, we had to close down. So that was hard. That was hard to know that uh, because of me, Gordon Barron's had to shut um, or shut down. So uh, those kind of things are that, you know, it, it's hard to, it's hard to say how that affects you really. Uh, it was, it was difficult. Um, I do know that for the whole time I've, I've just believed that um, it's a virus. And we're not going to stop a virus. Uh, I don't think that there's, um, I know that every day I get an email that tells me what the numbers are and what the rates are and all the things, right? And every day it still says that the recovery rate from this virus is 98%. And so I look at that and I think, what are we doing? Okay. You know, um, we're, we're always going to have something that. I mean, I look at the numbers of the Spanish flu and over 50 million people died during the Spanish flu, right? We're, we're not even close, not even close to that. So um, I, I just have, I have more worries about what happens after the virus is, you know, like after we, after we wake up and realize what has taken place for the last year and a half, you know, um, where we've kept people separate and we've, We've kept them away from their families. And, you know, I think of all the people in the nursing home that uh, died alone and all the people in the nursing home that that their last wish would have been to hold their grandchild. You know, their last wish would have been to see their son or their daughter or whatever, or have someone there with them. And they didn't get that. And that's what that's what bothers me. Yeah, I think we've learned a lot of lessons from this um, mm -hmm. uh, as a country, even. Um, mm -hmm. Well, the world in general, I hope has too. But I mean, I think we've learned a lot of lessons. Uh, I hope that we we learn the right ones and um, are able to to do things a little differently. Maybe mm -hmm. if another one strikes, you know, because there will be there. There's always going to be viruses mm -hmm. and things that happen. When we were having trouble, actually, when I with COVID and we were like, OK, now that we've had to shut down, what do we do? We've got to do lunches again. We've got to get lunches to people that don't have food. And how are we going to do that? And our community is so wonderful. The the United Way and the VNA both stepped in and helped us to get food out to those people that we couldn't take it to because we had to shut down again. So it was absolutely amazing how our community pulled together and, and they helped us to get the, the meals out to 
um, to our little group of people that still needed food. And I just think there's been um, uh, different organizations in town too that have done those kind of things. And uh, I, I really, I think it shows a lot about Gelsberg and, and our community and how, how they are pulling together. Restaurants are helping um, get food out to people and, what was it? Lieber's Boxcar Express. They were great. They we called them up one day and said, we, we need some help. We need some sandwiches. Can you help mm-hmm. us out? And they did. And it was amazing. And so we've we've been able to um, actually fall back and rely on our community to help us mm-hmm. uh, to help the seniors that we serve. And I, I just couldn't be happier about that. I think that we've we've really seen a lot of um, coming together, even in our social isolation. Um, I was wondering if, so what would, um, I'm just curious um, to know, uh, you've worked with other Knox students, right, with this internship? One, one last, well, not last year, in 2019 when I first started, yeah. Okay, and what are some of the things that y'all would do? Um, well, he was able to actually participate out in the, the day room with the with the participants. That's what we call mm-hmm. our folks that come here. Um, he was able to be out there with them and kind of see how the day goes, how it flows. He helped serve lunches. Um, and then he and I would spend some time in the afternoon talking about other things like my other roles that I do. Uh, and I think I actually sent him over to KCCDD also. Um, are you girls familiar with KCCDD? Yes, I work closely with them through Best Buddies. Oh, okay, great, great. So he would go over there. I think he went over there a couple of times and watched the med pass that the nurses did over there um, and was able to participate in, well, observe the med pass and how they take care of folks over there. So, but most of his time, um, he was engaging our seniors out there and, and being part of what the the staff is doing out there and helping them with um, activities and games and and just things to stimulate their mind and and um, at, there were a couple of guys here that we had at the time that it was kind of nice because Robbie was able to take them back and play pool with them back in our other room and the guys really loved that because it was a guy and all my staff are girls <laughs> so women <laughs> so um, he they really enjoyed having him here to be able to do guy things, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. That, that would have been so much fun, honestly. I, I think about that all the time, like how this yeah. internship would look like. Yeah, that's what's so hard with COVID. It's like it's changed so many aspects of things that you just don't even realize what you're missing until you start mm-hmm. thinking about it. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah I could have. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I sure wish you could have been here at Gordon Barron's to do an internship in person because it would have been lovely to meet both of you and work with you and spend time doing other things. But uh, this was fun. Uh, I've never done this before, so I really enjoyed uh, your questions. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was nice to meet you both. Once again, thank you to Jackie Jennings for agreeing to talk with us. And to both Mia Dudgeon and Frenchie Espinosa for their doing the interview. The Knox Check-In is produced by me, Jonah Rubin. And with music by Kevin McLeod. On behalf of the Knox College Health Studies Program, this is Jonah. Frenchie. And Mia. Checking out. Checking out. out.